Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod. And today I am excited to share a conversation with you that I just had with Dr. Peggy DeLong. Now, Dr. Peggy is actually known as the gratitude psychologist. She teaches people how to harness the power of gratitude to live their best lives, especially through difficult times. Now, you're going to hear how she lost both her husband and her father within six weeks of each other. You can imagine that and how gratitude enabled her to optimize her emotional well-being through all of it. She's the author of three books, including Feeling Good, 35 Proven Ways to Happiness Even During Tough Times, which just by her life experience, she's more than qualified to write, but it's her clinical research that really sets her apart. And today she's going to share scientific data that proves how gratitude impacts your mental and emotional well-being, And then she walks us through five simple daily gratitude practices to optimize your mental and emotional health. I really love this conversation. In fact, I told her at the end, I said, I want to have you on again because she's a wealth of knowledge and brings both real life experience around the power of gratitude as well as scientific research. It's a beautiful blend. Before we dive into our conversation with Dr. Peggy, I want to take just a couple of minutes to thank our sponsors who bring this episode to you today. First and foremost is Organifi, making the highest quality organic whole food supplements. You are probably an Organifi, either you're a fan of Organifi, you've already tried it, or maybe you haven't. I encourage you, if you want to optimize your weight, if you want to optimize your sleep, if you want to optimize your mental clarity and focus, if you want to boost your immune system, any of those benefits and more, anything health-related, Organifi is your solution. And it's quick and easy packets of powder that are whole food organic supplements that you can put into a glass of water, a smoothie, almond milk, juice, whatever, and immediately feel a boost in your energy and in your health. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal. And then use the discount code Hal, my name, H-A-L, at checkout for 20% off your entire order. And last but not least, Our other sponsor is Cured Nutrition, and very similar to Organifi, they make some of the highest quality supplements, and I take both Organifi and Cured Nutrition every single day. For Cured Nutrition, I take their Rise supplement in the morning, which has Bacopa, organic Bacopa extract, it has CBD, it has lion's mane, all ingredients to help optimize your focus and mental clarity first thing in the morning. And then at night, I take either their night caps when I'm traveling or at home, I take their nighttime oil. It's CBN and CBD, which help you fall asleep and stay asleep. So if you want to wake up and focus in the morning and you want to go to bed peacefully at night and you want some support, with supplementation, Cured Nutrition is your solution. Head over to curednutrition.com forward slash Hal. That is cured, C-U-R-E-D, curednutrition.com forward slash Hal. Use the same discount code H-A-L at checkout for 20% off your entire order. And without further ado, 
Let's head to this conversation with Dr. Peggy DeLong, where she shares five gratitude practices that you can implement every single day. Super simple. Take five minutes total to optimize your mental and emotional well-being. Dr. Peggy DeLong, it is so great to be with you today. Thank you for having me, Hal. I'm so excited for our conversation. I think it's appropriate to say that I am grateful to be with you today. And we were just talking about gratitude before we even started. And I, you're known as the gratitude psychologist. And what I'm excited about is you have so much more research. Like gratitude is the fundamental lens that I experience my life. But I couldn't quote studies and give data and research and how our brain works on gratitude. And so that's why I'm excited because not only is I'm sure my audience is going to learn a ton and be invited to experience more gratitude in their life, but I feel like I'm going to learn a ton. And so uh, thank you in advance for, uh, for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I want to start by saying this, and then I'm going to have you obviously share, but I believe that gratitude is, it's like the highest form of happiness. Like when you're grateful, it's just the most like holistic, deepest, highest, most spiritual, most practical, sustainable form of happiness. Because I find that most of us were chasing happiness in external stimulus, right? Like if I get that, I'll feel happy. If I get that, I'll feel happy. Whereas gratitude comes from the inside out right? And it's like, I'm grateful for what I have, who I am, everything. And therefore, I feel happy because I'm grateful. So that's why I'm so excited to talk with you today. Let's start here. If you could just tell us about a significant event or experience in your early life that played a fundamental role in shaping who you are today and the work that you do around gratitude. Sure. I was 26 years old and I was going through an extremely difficult time in my life. And when I discovered the power of gratitude, I was an ungrateful child. I was an ungrateful young adult. And it was, it really took tragedy to open up my eyes to the power of gratitude. I was engaged to a wonderful man. I had applied to graduate school. I had six interviews lined up. Life was going really well. And what appeared to be literally overnight, he developed a lump on the side of his neck. And it was extremely, aggressive form of cancer. And he survived for seven months. But during those last 42 days of his life, the doctors said that there was nothing left that they could do for him and that he was going to die. So I sat by his bedside in the hospital. And every day was so unpredictable. I didn't know if he'd be able to speak that day. I didn't know if he'd be able to open his eyes that day. I didn't know if he was going to die that day. Every day was so gut-wrenching, awful, and unpredictable. But the one thing that was predictable was that I could get myself a cup of hazelnut coffee after all of the visitors left and I was allowed to stay. So Mm. at 8 p.m., I would drink that cup of hazelnut coffee. The aroma permeated his hospital room, made it seem less sterile. It reminded me of my high school days, sharing a cup before high school days with, with my mother. It just brought me so much comfort. I had no idea that what I was doing was practicing gratitude. When my Uh. whole world fell apart, I found joy in the simplest of things. So I'd never expected that it would come in the form of a cup of hazelnut coffee. And then sadly, after my fiance passed away, my father died suddenly six weeks later. 
Oh my God. And gratitude continued to be the source of comfort for me to really focus on all that was going well in my life when it felt like everything had fallen apart. So that really transformed me. But I had no idea at 26 that what I was doing was practicing gratitude. I just hung on to it and because it felt better. And then as I began to study psychology, I really became interested in, in gratitude and, and really everything under the umbrella of positive psychology. So that's one experience that really transformed me personally and has been the focus of my life professionally. Wow. Wow. So your husband passed and then your father passed within a matter of weeks of each other. And so in gratitude, now I really resonate with that because I know for me that when I've gone through the most difficult times in my life, it was choosing gratitude, right? And I think that's the thing is we have to give ourselves permission to be grateful because when you're going through difficult times in life, like like you had every reason to say, to justify why you're not grateful, why you're sad or angry or depressed or all of those things. And I don't think anybody would have argued with you. They would have pat you on the back and go, yeah, you deserve to feel those things. But gratitude was your lifeline. So what are some ways that research demonstrates the power, the, really the powerful positive impact that practicing gratitude has on our mental health? Because I know so many people right now in our community around the world are struggling with mental health. What's the actual research show in terms of the correlation and the impact that practicing gratitude has on benefiting mental health? I'm so glad you asked that question because gratitude is often seen as this woo-woo or fluff type thing. Mm. But so as a psychologist, it's really important to me that I demonstrate the research. In fact, my license depends on it. So that's what I I like to do. So one study that really caught my attention because I'm the parent of three college students. So this particular study looked at college students that went to the counseling center for help for depression and anxiety, and they were assigned to three different groups. One group received counseling only, another group received received counseling and they were instructed to write about their negative experiences. And another group received counseling and they were instructed to write one gratitude letter uh, once a week for three weeks. And then they took a look at their self-reported mental health and happiness at the four-week mark. And the group that wrote the gratitude letters had a significantly improved uh, level of self-reported happiness as compared to the other two groups. And then what was really amazing about this study was they looked at them again at the 12-week mark after they didn't even write another gratitude letter. And they maintained that higher level of mental health just by writing three gratitude letters. So that's really powerful that speaks to the power of one simple exercise related to gratitude. And these letters they then they took a look well what is it about these letters that made it made it so powerful so not only was it that they were focused on positivity and how they felt about another person but it was also the absence of negativity so there's mm. so much negativity going on in the world and when yeah. you are focused on writing a gratitude letter and thinking about that other person the relationship and what they've done for you there's no room for negativity. So it's an escape from the negativity of the world. So it was really two things going on, the positivity, but also the absence of the negativity. Yeah, I've heard you say that it's challenging to just get rid of negative thoughts without actually replacing them with positive thoughts, right? 
Yes, yes. Or, you know, our brains, unfortunately, are hardwired to go to the negative. That's what psychologists call negativity bias. And mm-hmm. we'll find it everywhere. Our brains will find it everywhere. And then one negative thought leads to a bigger negative thought and a bigger one. And before we know it, we're spiraling and feeling so anxious and depressed. And it's really hard to just shut off that energy. It's easier to replace it with something positive. And in all of my 30 years in mental health, I have never found anything as easy as gratitude. There is always something to be grateful for, even on the very worst of days. Yeah. Yeah. As I'm going to sleep at night, sometimes it's the bed that I'm sleeping in, the pillow that I'm laying on, the fact that I'm safe. Like I'll just, I'll just really surrender to the gratitude for that moment, right? That moment. Yes. Yes. What are some ways that brain science, I know that you research, you study brain science. What are some ways that brain science supports the impact of gratitude on our well-being? Sure. I love the advances in technology that we can see what happens in the brain when we think about what we're grateful for. So the first is the neurotransmitters, the serotonin and dopamine specifically are released from our brain when we think about what we're grateful for. And dopamine makes us feel good. And serotonin provides a feeling of having enough of feeling relaxed. So those two neurotransmitters are doing their job when we think about what we're grateful for. The other is that when we do it on a regular basis, we are truly forming new neural pathways in our brain. And now we can see that through functional MRIs, that new neural pathways are being formed to be a more positive thinker when we practice on a regular basis and strengthen those new neural pathways. So in terms of practicing, and let's get tactical real quick here, right? I've heard you say there there are five exercises that you teach in gratitude that people can do every day in less than five minutes a day. So for somebody listening, that's like, okay, I know that I need to be more grateful or wow, that's amazing to think that just practicing gratitude every day will create new neural pathways and I'll actually be a happier, more well-adjusted human being. Oh my gosh, what are these five practices that you teach? Sure. The very first is when we wake up in the morning, and that is simply to say thank you out loud. Mm, We might not be thinking clearly, so we don't even need to think about what we're grateful for. It's just through the power of language and the association of saying thank you with what our brain thinks has happened. So when typically when we say thank you, we have already received something. Mm. So it's a way that we can kind of trick our brains to feeling good. And often that's when people feel the worst, especially when you're going through a difficult time in life. And I know for me, and I think a lot of people who are are grieving can relate to almost for just a brief second, having to remind yourself that you lost your loved one. It can hit you first thing in the morning. And Mm. by saying thank you, it helps to prevent those negative thoughts from spiraling out of control. So when people stay in bed and and ruminate over negative thoughts, you can start to have a terrible day before you've even gotten out of bed. And, And saying thank you out loud is one way to prevent that negative spiral. And that takes maybe two seconds. Two seconds. Just a shift to have a better day. The second exercise is to set your intention at the beginning of the morning to be more aware of your blessings. And this you can do while you're in the shower. You could do while you're brushing your teeth. So you attach it to a behavior that you already do so that it doesn't take any more time. And the reason this is so powerful is because it activates part of our brain called the reticular activating system. So that's part of our brain that works as a filter. It helps us pay attention to the things that we want to pay attention 
attention to and less attention to the things that we don't want to. So when we intentionally focus on our blessings, we notice them more. And it really is a powerful exercise that works behind the scenes. You don't even like it's an intentional thing, but then your brain does the rest for you throughout the day. And that doesn't take any more time. I like to use the door frame of my bedroom as a reminder. Like once I leave that bedroom, then the whole world, then I've got to check emails. The dog needs to be fed like everything else. So if you do it before you leave your bedroom, you're much more likely to set your intention. The third exercise is to express appreciation for one person every day. That can be in the form of a simple text or an email, uh, sending a gratitude letter, just being mindful of every day expressing appreciation for one person. And this is a powerful exercise because the number one factor related to happiness is our human relationships. So when we foster that, it's time well spent. Anything that we do to foster our human relationships is uh, time well spent and not only predicts our happiness, but actually longevity as well. So you can get really creative in how you express appreciation. And not only does it make you feel good, but then in the process, you're making somebody else feel good. So that's exercise number three. Exercise number four is probably the most difficult, but is also the most powerful. And that is to use your emotional pain as a trigger to practice gratitude. I always say that gratitude is not a method to ignore our emotional pain. When we ignore our pain, we kind of emotionally flatline. It's very similar to general anesthesia. If you're having surgery and have general anesthesia, you don't get to pick and choose what body parts go numb. It all goes numb. The same thing when we don't allow ourselves to feel sadness and grief. We just become emotionally numb. And then we also don't get to feel the fullness of joy. So when we use gratitude in terms of our processing our negative emotions, it is a one way to help us feel through it. It's not ignoring the pain, but it's helping us to feel a little bit lighter as we move through it. Because truly, we cannot heal what we don't feel. So we need to feel our sadness. And using gratitude is one way to know that you're not going to get stuck there. It feels a little bit less heavy and When you do it on a regular basis, you know that it works. So it also allows you to address your pain on a deeper level the next time you might be feeling disappointed, betrayed, or whatever painful emotion that might be. It helps you trust that you're not going to get stuck there. And even in the very worst of circumstances, there's always something to be grateful for. There's there's a lesson. And one technique that I like to teach that when it's really hard is to look for the underlying value. So for example, in the midst of really deep grief, which I unfortunately experienced with the loss of my fiance and father at the same time, it was such a heavy time. What the underlying value was love. I would not have been experienced that grief if I didn't have the underlying value of love. Uh. So I focused on the love, the love from them and all the love that was supporting me through that really difficult time. So look for the underlying value. You wouldn't have that pain if that value didn't exist. So then find a way to celebrate that value or be that value for the day. So that's a really powerful one. I love that. Overarching message of not to ignore your emotional pain. All of these methods work, but they don't work as well if we don't allow ourselves to feel pain. And then the fifth is an exercise at bedtime to just think about one or two things that you're grateful for that happened that day. 
Because when you focus on that day, the real magic happens the next day, because then you're training your brain to notice all of the good things that happen the next day, because you know you're going to hold yourself accountable at bedtime. So it's like you bank it in your brain, you notice a great thing, and you attach even you highlight the good as it's happening. And then you get to re-experience it at bedtime. And I like to caution people, instead of a a list of 10 things, it's much more powerful if you focus on one or two, and then think about the details of those one or two things. And it's a really powerful exercise at bedtime because it relaxes our nervous system. Many people tend to feel the heaviness of anxiety or grief at bedtime, and it's one way to focus on something positive rather than feeling anxious and trying to fall asleep. And in fact, one study looked at 400 adults, and when they thought about one simple thing at bedtime, they reported improved sleep, improved quality and duration of sleep, simply by thinking about one thing that they were grateful for at bedtime. And the really significant part of that study was that 40% of the adults in the study were diagnosed with a sleep disorder. So this is even a helpful Mm. technique for people who are really struggling with falling asleep to think about one simple thing at bedtime. So those are the five exercises. And on a really busy day, they don't need to take more than five minutes. Of course, you could get really into it and, and spend a lot of time with one on a particular day. But even on the busiest of days, five minutes, and it truly transforms lives. I love that. You and I are so on the same page. So when I ju- so number one, say thank you first thing in the morning. That's what I do. When my feet hit the floor, I sit on the side of my bed and I just stretch and I say, thank you, God, for today. Thank you, God, for today. I want to ask you real quick, too, on that. Any thoughts on expressing your gratitude toward something such as God or like I find that for me, if I just say thank you, it doesn't feel the same as if I say Thank you, God. Like when I say thank you, God, those three words just fill my heart with gratitude, if you will. So I'm curious as to like, there's a benefit to directing your gratitude toward someone or something. And with that question in the morning and and to God, that's really an individual thing that works for people who are more spiritual and or religious, Mm -hmm. but not so much if someone is not. So that's really depends on the individual. And there would be as many different answers as there are people, I would say. But one of the definitions that I love about gratitude is that it puts you in such a state of appreciation that it makes makes you want to return kindness. Mm. So returning that kindness is one way that I think is, is universal. So that's a little bit of a a different twist on what you're asking for. But I think that when you feel so great about your life and just the simple, for me, the cup of hazelnut coffee that put me in such a state of gratitude, it then made me, I thought, a, a better caregiver during that time. And I was able to return kindness through the power of gratitude. Awesome. Awesome. I would encourage you, I'm going to read through these five steps again. I'd encourage everybody to write these down because these are super simple, they're super quick. And if you do these every day, write them down, do like a 30-day challenge where you commit to do these five steps every day and you will, and then they become habit, they become second nature. So number one, say thank you first thing in the morning. So say thank you, express gratitude that you woke up that day. Number two, set your intention to be grateful for the day before you even leave the bedroom. Right. So today I'm going to be grateful for every moment, every opportunity, every conversation, every person in my life, every meal, every bite that I take, every breath that I take. Right. There's no, it's an endless supply of what we can be grateful for. Number three, express appreciation to at least one person 
every day. And I know for me, Peggy, I've like I set an intention years ago, probably decades ago. I want to be the most grateful person that I know. And so for me, I express gratitude for every to the point where my kids are like, "Yeah, Dad, we get it. You're grateful for us, or you appreciate it." Like there, but I want them to be so annoyed that when my daughter's in her college dorm feeling lonely or sad, it's like so deeply embedded in her that like her dad loves her and is grateful for her. So number three, express appreciation for at least one person every day. Number four, use your emotional pain as a trigger to experience gratitude. And Peggy, I know for me, when I was at the hardest times of my life, my car accident, my cancer, I chose to be the most grateful I had ever been while I endured the most difficult time in my life. And if you're watching or listening to this, consider that the two are not mutually exclusive. You can literally be Peggy as you were when you lost your husband, you lost your father in a matter of months of each other, gratitude was your saving grace. And so if you're watching or listening to this, even in the most difficult time in your life, you can choose to be the most grateful you've ever been. So number four, use your emotional pain as a trigger to experience gratitude. And number five, I love that, Peggy, your bedtime exercise, I do that. I fall asleep feeling grateful. Think of one or two things that happened that day that you're grateful for. And Peggy, I love the advice you gave, which is it's not about quantity, right? Don't just, don't just touch on 10 different things. Pick one or two and go deep. And that's what I do. I think of an experience like playing ball with my son that day, and I'll just relive that and I'll smile, right? Or, or I'll be grateful for my wife and the value that she brings to my life and the love and all of those things. So I love that. Five simple exercises y'all can do every single day to be more grateful. And last thing I want to ask you, Peggy, on the topic of gratitude, and you touched on this earlier, but I'd love to hear more about it. Research shows that the greatest predictor of happiness and longevity is our relationships, the quality of our relationships. What are some ways that people can combine gratitude and relationships or use gratitude to improve and enhance and optimize their relationships? Great question. I love this because you're doing two things at once. And my favorite, in addition to gratitude letters, is what I call team gratitude. Mm. So that is picking one person and choosing a length of time to share what you're grateful for on a daily basis. So it could Mm. be a week, it could be a month, and I've had some clients even do it for an entire year. And it completely transformed their relationship. They felt closer and more connected and happier. So the idea is to just share every day, whether it might be by text, you could get really creative and send a video to someone or a photo, and just share what you're grateful for on a daily basis. And this has so many wonderful benefits. So the first is the the human connection. By doing it on a regular basis, you are building in human connection on, on a, a daily basis, and then you and the predictability of that helps to feel good also. The second is simply by sharing what you're grateful for. That feels good. And the other part is that you get to hear what someone else is grateful for. And that helps to expand your awareness of things to be grateful for. The other person might say something that you've got going on in your life as well, but you may have overlooked it as something to be grateful for. And hearing somebody else express gratitude for that helps you to highlight, enhance it in your own life as well. So, so many reasons why I love team gratitude, but particularly the benefit of fostering a a really close relationship with one person. Now, is team gratitude for you, is that, so that's like choosing the one person that's your, your gratitude partner, if you will? Yes. So, and like, I, I'd imagine spouse is the first person that comes to mind. It could be a friend, spouse. 
it's really can be really powerful if you choose somebody that you're not living with who and that you'd like to rekindle an old relationship like a friend mm. from college or a high school friend mm. and you have many opportunities for closeness with a spouse dinner just you're doing things on a daily basis when you're living together it can get really fun if you're doing it with somebody that you don't live with but it yeah. is also if you're have if you're struggling in a marriage or in any relationship it's a wonderful way in a positive way to foster closeness I would argue, I mean, in my own life, but gratitude to me is it's one of, if not the most important areas for us to be present to, to experience, to express, like to me, it's the lens to experience life through like, oh my gosh, I'm going through a difficult time. I'm grateful for the opportunity to face this so I can learn, grow and become better than I've ever been before. Right? Oh. I had something great happen in my life. I'm going to get so deeply grateful for that thing that it amplifies the benefit of that thing, right? If something great happens and you're like, oh, cool, check, whatever, and you're distracted, to me, the degree of gratitude that you're present to in your life determines the your emo- mental and emotional well-being, your happiness, on and on and on. Absolutely. And I love that you're talking about how to apply it to relationships because I don't know about you, but if I express to my wife how grateful I am for her, she feels great. I feel great. If our kids witness it, they feel right. Everybody wins. And so like at night at dinner time, that's what we do before dinner every night in my family is we all, everyone goes around and shares one thing that we're grateful for. And we all pause and just kind of like really, we try to experience gratitude that they got to experience that thing that they're grateful for. So it's almost like, if there's one thing you can't have too much of in your life, it's gratitude, right? Exactly. And I love that it's free and it's mm. accessible at any minute of the day. And you don't need another person. You don't need an accessory. It's just always available. Awesome. And I'm sure we could go on and on and on. So much, such a wealth of experience around positive psychology and gratitude. Where is the best place for people to find you, follow up with you, keep learning from you? I think the best way is through my website, drpeggydelong.com. And I actually have a five-day challenge related to these five exercises. I call it the Grateful Day, and it's available at drpeggydelong.com forward slash the Grateful Day. I am going to sign up for it right now. Wonderful. drpeggydelong.com forward slash the Grateful Day. Yes, the Grateful Day. Done. Now, is that a book yet? The Grateful Day sounds like a great book title. I want to see that. I want to buy that. I want that in print. (laughs) It is my next book. I'm working on it. So I've written three, and this is going to be number four. What are the titles of your current books? Well, the previous one, I Can See Clearly Now, a memoir about love, grief, and gratitude. And that's a Mm -hmm. wonderful book for anybody going through a difficult time for hope that life can be good again, particularly after loss. The other one is a gratitude journal. I took the research in psychology and developed a journal that journals are most effective when we do two things, when we're specific and when we change it up and write something different every day. So I wrote 30 gratitude prompts that Mm. repeat 12 times to help people be really creative in what they write about. And then the third one is called Feeling Good, 35 Proven Ways to Happiness Even During Tough Times. And that's really based on what I did as a child things that helped me feel good when I had an argument with a friend or didn't do well on a test, things that I did when I was eight, when I was 16. And then I dove into the research about it and just 
to prove that it is really is helpful. It's not just me. It's not just my clients that mm. it's demonstrated by research to be effective and, and put them all together into a nice book that people can flip it to any chapter and find one thing that they can practice that data to feel good. I love that. I love all of this. So I'm assuming your books are on your website. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Y'all. So go check this out. I'm going to go, I'm going to get the grateful day. So drpeggydelong.com. D-R-P-E-G-G-Y, and then DeLong is D-E-L-O-N-G. Yes? Yes. DrPeggyDeLong.com. Everybody go check out your work. Peggy, I want to have you back on in the future. When that next book comes out, for sure, reach back out to me. I would love to have you back on. And I can really see you as a recurring guest because I feel like any topic like this, like gratitude, it's like anything that's important. You hear it once and you're like, oh yeah, totally. And then if you don't take action on it, if you don't take these five practices, start implementing into your life, you forget it and you go back into your old ungrateful ways and negative rituals and complaining and mindset. And it's like, I feel like we have to revisit these topics over and over and over for them to really take hold in our subconscious and our conscious mind. And so, yeah, so you're fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, Hal. All right. Goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, I love you. I appreciate you. And last but not least, I am so grateful for you and for you being part of my life and letting me be a part of yours. And uh, I'm grateful for Peggy, for you bringing your wisdom and heart to today's episode. And I will talk to y'all next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.